The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First and Ten Podcast, brought to you by Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis here to talk all things Dallas Cowboys, a divisional round Dallas Cowboys First and Ten episode here. Cowboys didn't play in it, but there's a lot to dissect from that on a Cowboy side of things, from an NFL side of things. But before we get into it, Aiden, how you doing, my friend? Doing well. Stung a little bit today. To, there were a couple mentions of the Cowboys during yeah. the broadcast. Obviously, the Lions making the NFC Championship and further pushing the Cowboys back in the pecking order of teams that have last made the NFC Championship. So, it's it was a good day. Good day of football. Wasn't a good day as a constant <laughs> reminder of what happened last week. Let me let me go off script here for a second here because we always kind of script out what we're talking about. But briefly, do you ever just get as tired of the Cowboys rhetoric as I do? Uh, thank you. I really do. Because here's the thing. I I expect it from like at national media outlets, ESP, like the big ones. Yeah, you're going to dog on the Cowboys for not making the NFC. It's the constant like, I don't know, our own fans just I'm like, let's put this to rest. We all know how long it's been since the Cowboys have made an NFC championship. Yeah, it really sucks and it stings. But like, Let's just let's give it a break for a little bit. Like we don't have to add on to the we all know. It's yeah, yeah. we know how long it's been. We get it. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, I put an X post out today. I was like, everybody who's not a Cowboys fan is like, you're overrated, you're overhyped, you you guys aren't as talented as you think you are. But how come every time a team wins or a player has an achievement, they're always compared to a Cowboys player? I'm like, you guys bring it upon yourself. They, they, I don't think people realize and understand how viewership works. The Cowboys are popular, not because just the Cowboys have a big fan base, but because they have a massive group of people that hate them. And hate drives more viewership and money than pretty much anything. So if as long as you keep hating on the Cowboys and make them your barometer of success or failure, they're going to stay in your face. So I guess thank you. <laughs> Did you see like the the ratings for like the prominent sports talk shows after the Packers oh game. Yeah, it was like every, everything. every, yeah, everything, <laughs> every outlet hit an all time high, but it was like, yeah. even like the McAfee show on ESPN. They, it just, it's like, yeah, because people tune in to 
see other people dog on the Cowboys. They love misery. That, misery loves company. <laughs> that's that's the team we're rooting for. It comes with its pros. It definitely comes with some cons, but that's that's our brand. Absolutely. And speaking of pros and cons, when you look at Mike McCarthy and his situation, we had some news this week break that I don't I don't think any of us are shocked, but when you hear of it, it still kind of stops you in your tracks a little bit. And if you hadn't heard, Mike McCarthy is not going to get an extension. He's not getting any assurances beyond the 2024 season, putting him in a de facto lame duck year where he's got one year to prove it. If he does well, he'll be back in Dallas. If he doesn't, we'll be looking for a new coach, which is crazy. We've talked about the 12 and 5 three years in a row and regular season success. But Jerry Jones and the brass and the and the decision makers are putting on Mike McCarthy to do something out on you know unordinary in 2024 for the Dallas Cowboys and what we're used to. What is your initial thoughts on that decision? Right move, wrong move. How do you feel? So this we should have expected this. I mean, they did the same thing with Jason Garrett the year after they did this with Jason Garrett when he was like, I, I guess you call it like a lame duck coach. Like when Jason Garrett, they didn't he didn't give Jason Garrett an extension. Essentially said, prove it. You you have one year to prove it. He went twelve and four. So like Jerry's done this before and it worked for Jason Garrett. I actually don't like I don't hate it because here's my thing. I I know it adds unnecessary pressure or not unnecessary. It adds pressure to Mike McCarthy to produce this year. Yeah, you're a head coach. Produce. Like, it should add pressure on. You should know that you are coaching for your career right now. I understand, like, there's some other factors at play here. And, like, it, it's not like it's the most brilliant 3D chess move of all time. But, like, yes, you're a head coach. Accept the pressure and win. Or get out of town. Like, I, we both last week said, like, we agreed with Mike McCarthy sticking around one more year. But, like, not, both of us want to see him prove it this year. Otherwise, I think we'd our opinions would change on that. Right. And and the thing is, there's, there's two types of people and I don't know the character or the mindset of a Mike McCarthy, right? Some people see this and be like, I'm going to rise to the occasion. This is my back's against the wall. I'm going to produce here and I'm going to give you the best thing I got. And then there's some people who, you know, turtle up and get nervous and, and start to see the writing on the wall and, and they kind of respond in like a defensive type of way. I don't know how this is going to handle handle out. You know what I mean? I just don't know how it's going to shake out. I hope that it brings the best out of these players. And the, I mean, look at guys like Wanya Thomas, guys like Jake Ferguson, all saying the praises of Mike McCarthy, wanting them back. Dak Prescott talks about their relationship on and off the field is, you know, something that he really admires and respects. Now go play for it because your head coach is legitimately playing for his job right next year. He's coaching for his job. There's a lot of factors at play here. So I think Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, those guys are banking that they're going to get the best version of him. And if it happens, it's going to be one of those things where like, man, like he's earned, he's earned another contract. What's that contract look like? Two years, three years. I don't know. You don't want to promise too, too much because obviously with his back against the wall, he had, he would have produced in that scenario. Um, So maybe you keep the pressure on him a little bit, but I don't know, man. Like it's one of those things where it's always the Cowboys, right? Like we see, I don't know how you feel about it. I just, it's a brief passing thought and it's probably not the best answer. And I know Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season, but my man just goes nine and eight, 10 and seven, you know, always finds a way to be 500 or never have a losing season, keeps his job. That's if, if Mike McCarthy's record as of late was Mike Tomlin's, he would have been out far sooner than, you know, this conversation now. Yeah. There's a lot of head coaches that, I mean, Look at Sean Mc Sean McDermott's in a similar boat where like, yeah, he keeps coaching the Bills to like one, two, three seeds, but 
once again lost fell short of the AFC championship and the bills were favored today. They should have won that game. Granted, it was you're facing, but I get it. There's other factors that play, but like, it's not like Mike McCarthy's the only coach who struggles in the playoffs. Like I, I get it. Dallas Cowboys. We have a different standard and we want, we're obviously rooting for Mike McCarthy to turn around, re revive that Super Bowl run that he had with Aaron Rodgers. But like, once it like I've said it before on like, it doesn't happen until it happens. So like, yes, he keeps losing the playoffs. And if it happens another year, I'm, I might change my tune. And I, if it's another year, I have the right to do that. But for right now, like he's, he's with a lot of other good coaches who don't make it to the AFC championships because I don't know, but I'm, I'm kind of in this 50, 50 camp on McCarthy right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny, man. And I, you know, fans have the right to fan how they want. Right. I, I've, I've told, I've, I've said this a million times. I'll never tell a fan how to fan. And I mean, I agree with everything, but the 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 narrative and the conversation around Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott and and the powers that be changed in a blink of an eye after that one wild card game and yeah it was a, a terrible game and there was a nothing to really be happy about but I I maybe I'm the dumb one and I, please tell me if I am but like I sit here and I'm saying yes the 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 end I feel burned I feel I feel scorned from this ending. But it doesn't take away from the productive things I saw this year, right? Like, I'm still able to take a step back and say Dak Prescott did have his best offensive, you know, output as a quarterback in this league with Mike McCarthy. The defense, is it was a little bit of a problem, right? I just, how quickly did it change from Dan Quinn being the, you know, the successor to to Mike McCarthy to now, like, get him out of here, Seattle, sign him, or somebody pick him up. It, it just the amount of things that change for the Cowboys in this, in this stroke of a three hour football game, it's pretty crazy to me. I don't know if you feel the same for Mike McCarthy and Dak. Yes. Dan Quinn. I will say we saw over the back half of the season, like it's not like that was a one Dan Quinn's one bad game of the year. And he led a dominant defense. If the defense wasn't producing turnovers throughout this year, like I, there was something like in games in when the Cowboys win probability wasn't higher than 80%, Dan Quinn's defense was like ranked set second, 20, sorry, 22nd in the NFL by EPA per play. Like during close games, Dan, like I've, I've changed my tune on Dan Quinn because of what I saw over the back half of the season. And for the majority of like 2021, 2022, where if he's not producing turnovers and if the Cowboys are in a close game, Dan Quinn's defense is not as dominant as people make it out to be. And so if if we want to roll the dice on a new DC, young mind, somebody new to change it up, especially with the talent that you have in Micah Parsons, uh, Dorrance Arm, sorry, not Dorrance Arm, Demarcus Lawrence, Trayvon Diggs, Deron Blunt, I'd be cool changing that up. Do you, now I put you on the spot. We didn't prep for this, but do you have anybody in mind that you'd be interested if it wasn't Dan Quinn? Like a Joe oh. Witt situation, Al Harris, somebody outside of the room? I... I mean, those would be obviously assuming that Dan Quinn he gets hired out of the role and the Cowboys like I don't see them firing him. I think it would Joe Witt would be the most obvious like he's yeah. the predecessor of Dan Quinn. Outside guys, I don't have names for you. I don't know other people's like secondaries coach. I'm like, oh he they coach but <laughs> yeah. um yeah, I'd I'd be fine with Joe Witt. I Maybe I'm just crazy. Al Harris just has some type of like energy to him, and the players really seem to get fired up for him. That I think 
I'd like to see the Al Harris experience. However, Joe Wick clearly seems to be the predecessor, so I'd be just fine with that. Yeah, it makes sense. And like, listen, we're putting the cart before the horse, but you know, next week we could record with some resolution with Dan Quinn. And so, Yeah. uh, you know, we could have a whole podcast next week about what are we going to, what we're going to do, or it could be, Hey, he's coming back again. And we run it back with the same, you know, same cast of characters, which I don't know how Cowboys nation will feel about that, but it, it's a real possibility on the table here. But moving on to the next segment here is some things that are less awesome you know to talk about and it's really the family dynamic of some of the star players yeah this is this is going to be juicy and not for like good reasons really like i'm interested to see how you feel about it but for people that missed it or aren't as active on social media x uh cd's mom had some words about dak prescott and trying to get cd lamb to a different team i don't think it's a shared opinion with her and her son i don't think it's a very popular opinion but she was saying some things and I don't have the direct quote in front of me. It really wasn't important for me to get the direct quotes of what she was saying. Basically the gist of it is that she wants CD lamb with somebody other than Dak Prescott. Right. So that's, that's pretty so much stupid. It's, it's yeah, it's silly. It's nonsensical. If you, if that was the only <laughs> thing that happened this week, we probably wouldn't even have mentioned it. Right. no But it doesn't stop there because Micah Parsons brother Terrence Parsons said some stuff about he's getting done. And again, this is all paraphrasing. I don't have the exact quotes in front of me, but something to the, the nature that the, the team or the people that are doing him the dirtiest are within the organization. You know, he's had, he has beef with the fans and just the way they're interacting. And he, he eventually said, you know, this is my opinion and this doesn't really have anything to do with Micah. And Micah had to come out with a you know statement saying me and Terrence, We don't share the same views like he's his own person. I'm my own person. And if you thought that was enough, you know, Dak Prescott's brother, Tad, who's, you know, been known to be vocal a little bit throughout, you know, the fan base and online said that he would love for Dak. And again, another paraphrase here would love for Dak to, to get out of Dallas. And it's not the organization. It's not the team. It's not the way the city has treated him. It's all about the fans. So with that being said, Is this Cowboys brand where everybody got a voice and everybody has a chance to speak on social media and it carries weight because we're talking about it. There's articles written about it. These guys are getting and girls are getting attention for these takes. Is this part of the reason or maybe the main reason why the Cowboys just can't get over the edge and they're probably not like a real serious contender long term? No, no, I don't. I wouldn't say that this has anything to do with on field play. Like, I don't think like this is yeah weird drama to have three different family members of players come out and say some, especially in the case of CD needing a new quarterback. Some really dumb things on Twitter. Especially the best Um, year of his life. yeah, It's coming like off you the mean best the court? year of his Yeah, life. yeah, <laughs> you mean the quarterback that helped your son break multiple franchise records and say whatever. But it's here's. My issue is that there, this is a sign of a little dysfunction happening within, like, just a, there's slight, like, slightest, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's not within the locker room. I don't know what's happening within the locker room, but the fact that this is happening on X slash Twitter, whatever, sign of a little dysfunction. And that is one reason I'd almost be willing to, like, say, yeah, we should extend Mike McCarthy because of the fact that. Now you have like a lame duck coach as a leader and it's it's going to be hard to rein in this locker room if there is dysfunction and you are a coach who's now coaching for his job like there's that respect is it's not like you're a locked in guarantee so
I don't know. It's a it's slight dysfunction to the fact that it's nothing to worry about, I'm sure. Because if you look at like CD, I'm sure loves playing with Dak. Dak w clearly wants to be a lifelong cowboy. I hope it's the same for Micah and like he was truthful in that statement. But it's just weird to have three different family members coming out one week. It's like, can we just have one week of no drama, especially given the Mike McCarthy stuff we've been going through this week? Yeah, and in the micro, what you're saying makes a lot of sense, right? Like these incidents don't really, you know, my favorite saying is that in 10 cents will give me a dime. It isn't really worth yeah. anything. So, no, like that's fine. It's it's Cowboys. So there's going to be conversation about it. We're talking about it, like I said. But I think big picture, is it this country club feeling, this, you know, 53 brands and everybody's here, you know, with a new I mean, we have reserve offensive linemen making clothing lines and we got in Dax wearing it. And, <laughs> you know, so like, is there just a lot of I, I, me, me instead of we, we, we like, you know what I mean? Like, is there, a, and I, again, this is a oversimplification of many problems and many situations they haven't been able to win, but is there just not a real onus on just doing the, the things that a championship organization does? Is this just part of the circus? Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Nah, I think it's actually kind of the inverse of that. I think it's when the Cowboys fall short and you have such a big fan base, we've, we're all on Cowboys Twitter. The Cowboys Twitter gets heated and... If you're a brother or a mother seeing Cowboys players get that heated about your players, you're going to speak out and you're like, especially I think this was what Tad was referencing specifically. He's like, hey, if you get out of Dallas, you probably won't face this much hate, which is valid. If Dak Prescott was playing for 31 other 31 of the other teams, he would not get that that, this much hate. That's fair. It's just weird to come out publicly and say it. I will say, though, if you don't want to receive this much hate, don't lose as seven-point underdogs to the Green Bay Packers. Come right, on. Right, right. <laughs> I will say to, to kind of personalize it for me, you know, everyone knows my brother played in the NFL for a brief moment. I found myself, like, searching his name, which is always a bad thing to do, right? You search your name. There's going to be negativity. There's going to be stuff. And what I realize now as I'm older and, and I'm removed from that situation is if you don't go looking for it, you won't find it. Right. Like if I think a lot of these people, family members like looking for, you know, things to be riled up about. And my brother was I, a reserve offensive lineman who played in the league for three years. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
it's probably a little different with sure Dak and CD's mom specifically. Given yeah. how like CD's body language during the game, I'm sure there was a lot of online negative. Yeah. And there was a lot of Dak, obviously, like every other it's tweet from a Cowboys fan. Yeah. Hate. So it's a, I I can understand you, they do see a lot of hate on there, and I can understand them being vocal about it. Just why trash the organization and yeah. stuff? It's funny because I I back in in our situation like we would be like all right. I'm not answering nothing. I'm not responding to nothing. I, believe it or not, my brother got more, more hate when we were in Georgia and used to starting left tackle for a Georgia team that went eight and five, which was like you know the worst thing possible. So them going eight and five was like this team is terrible. The left tackle stinks, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't respond to this. <laughs> but um, I digress. But with that being said, I just I worry about. And again, it's probably just an online problem, social media problem where like this stuff gets play and you feel like you don't really see it too often with other teams. I know we got Taylor Swift on the screen nine times tonight while we're watching the game and we got, you know, Jason Kelsey doing, you know, bowling ball. Okay, shots that was great. Buff. It was awesome. Jason Kelsey, despite him being an eagle, I love him, <laughs> bro. That is. And so I guess we'll, we'll go off on a tangent here a little bit. That's the type of like off field content I want to see from cowboy stuff. Not this, right. I don't want to see Tad Terrence and CD's mom talking bad about people in the fan base. I want to see Jason Kelsey's of the world doing shots with Bill's mafia and, you know, T Taylor Swift, Dak Prescott's wife, like cheering in the, in the stands or whatever. Like that's the type of stuff that like is fun. The stuff we're dealing with is not fun. And I guess when you lose to a team that you should have beaten and you're a seven and a half point favorite on, I guess everything leaves a bad taste in your mouth. So I mean, it, it's it's tough sledding to be a Cowboys fan right now. I think that's I think that's fair to say. Do you do you subs like do you think there's any dysfunction happening within the organization? Like, do you think this is a sign of anything larger, or are you just brushing it off of disgruntled family members seeing a little bit too much hate for people yeah. they love? I think I think it's just everyone has a mind of their own. And everybody has a platform now, and I think it's it's more of that. I think okay. You know what I mean? Can you imagine some of these '90s teams if there were social media like the Emmets and the Troy and the, you know, it, you know Michael Irvin for you know for for goodness sake, you know it's crazy. I don't know if we'd have a team. They might just all be suspended constantly. <laughs> There's always something going on. No, I totally agree. Like so, I guess for better or for worse, like you leave that stuff in the past. But um, I digress. We can move on to some other pertinent on-field things here. And like I said, we're recording this mere minutes after the um, the Bills-Chiefs game, which is a hell of a football game, and the Chiefs went on to win, and they'll face the Ravens, and we got the 49ers versus the Lions. So let's talk about it. We don't have to talk about the game specifically. We're not a 49ers or a Lions podcast here, but when you look at the game, Aiden, and you watch that, I'm sure, and you get seeing these two teams play this weekend, what jumps off at the film for you that's the major difference when you look at Lions and 49ers and say, hey, they're so much better at blank than the Cowboys. This is why they're in this position consistently, or in the Lions' case, they, they were able to turn it around so quickly. Why aren't the Cowboys doing this, and what are they doing differently? Yeah, two big things jump out, jump off the page to me about these teams. Well, two different things about when you look at the Lions versus when you look at the Niners. When you look at the Lions, and I'm not going to, I'm not mean to knock Mike McCarthy too much here, but the Lions are so unbelievably disciplined and well coached that like there was I had zero doubt in my mind that the Lions were gonna come out flat today. And like it was just did you have did you like did you have like I get it, they were 
like it was close for a little bit. Was there a doubt in your mind that the Lions were going to lose that because they're just the better team? Yeah, I, and I didn't. Yeah, like you said, I feel the same way you did. I Dan Campbell was we can have them. They've been yeah. almost on like a mission since the Cowboys game, which is like the perfect time for them right now. Yeah, and so like it's just with the Lions specifically, it's just like you are so much like you have the better coaching staff than the Bucks. You were the better team. You are going to go out and win the game. And I could have said the same thing about the Cowboys versus Packers, but no, it didn't happen. So, like, that discipline wasn't there. Number two, both the Lions and the Niners' defenses, they stepped up when they needed to. And that's the difference with... It did not... Like, think about the Dolphins game. Think about, like, the end of... Like, the first time we played the Eagles. The defense had the opportunity to step up and they just like, especially in the Dolphins game, just completely folded. And Lions game too, they got bailed out by the two point conversion. But like, okay, two minute drive, need our defense to step up. No, they fold and they allow a long drive, and we lose the game. Both times, if you look at the end of the Niners game, had the opportunity to close it out, get the interception on Jordan Love. Lions game, same thing. They Baker Mayfield get the interception at the end of the game when you need to. Like the defense has just stepped up and closed it out. I don't. I didn't. I wouldn't have faith in the Cowboys' defense to do that because they kept folding at the end of games and they allowed teams to march down the field when they shouldn't have. So, that's t- I to their credit, two defenses that step up when they need to. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's fair. I think that's pretty much when you look at it. And it's funny, man. How I'm not saying it's completely groupthink, but you can almost see the way people like look at the draft and and perceive value on these positions where there may be something to be said for the old school way of thinking. Sometimes like you don't want to get so far out into your analytical world and your perceived value of the running back or the linebacker position that you lose sight of some things that might work and there might be a bit. And I always say this to say the lions got crushed for them taking Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell and using two of their most high value picks on a running back and a linebacker. And next thing you know, Jameer Gibbs is a dynamic playmaker who's making plays in the divisional round. Jack Campbell's a a starting linebacker who's making plays on defense. And then you look at the 49ers who got like Fred Warner and, and, and Greenlaw and you got guys that make plays in positions that a lot of Cowboys fans are like, ah, I don't want to put resources into that. So then instead we got Marquise Bell, Rashawn Evans and, you know, Damian Wilson, you know, so I just think that as good of a job as Dan Quinn has done at times, I think the way we've gotten away from some of the traditional ideas, ideas of, of roster building is burning us when we see teams like the Ravens and we see teams like the 49ers who have put investments in. I mean, look at how many running backs have they gone through the Ravens this year? I know they've had injuries, but Dalvin Cook and and whoever, like they just bring guys in because they know that they need fresh legs. They need some people to make plays and they dra- and they traded for Roquan Smith a couple years ago. I just, some of the roster construction is as good as we think they've done a good job at it. There seems to be some lacking things there. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Yeah. As you bring that up, think about the four remaining teams left. Now this this I don't I don't have the data behind it. This this is just completely anecdotal at this point. This could be completely yeah. random. But look at the four remaining teams: Ravens, Patrick Queen, and Rokon Smith at linebackers. Right. Chiefs not as strong of a linebacking core. Nick Bolton, and then like you said, Niners, Greenlaw, and Warner, Lions, Malcolm Rodriguez, Alex Anzalone, and Jack Campbell. Like mm-hmm. those are 
arguably the top yet the top three linebacking cords in the NFL left in the playoffs. Once again, completely anecdotal, but you have a point there. Right. But right. And then you look at the 49ers, Christian McCaffrey, you got the Ravens who signed Dalvin cook, who everyone said, Oh, only he did terrible. And for the jets and you know, he hits a big run to kind of seal a game. And then you look at the lions, they, they, Jameer Gibbs, Baltimore, you know, Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson, like everybody, everybody's got like the positions that everybody's like, ah, oh, don't sign Tony Pollard. Oh, we don't want to use a pick on a, on a linebacker. Like, yeah, I agree in principle that these are probably not more valuable than say a corner or a quarterback or, you know, a, a pass rusher. Sure. But know your personnel, right? Like I, they, they drafted Mozzie Smith because they, they identified an issue at, you know, run stopping and it didn't work. But like, I think now they got to address the second level in the draft. And and we really, I mean, who's our running backs on? I think the only running back on like contract right now is Deuce Vaughn. Like, you know what I mean? Rico's gone. Malik might be a future deal. Like all these guys are either restricted free agents or unrestricted free agents. So for me, I think there needs to be a little bit of the old school mentality put into it. And, and people are going to kill me for that. I th- I just think we need to get back to the drawing board a little bit because th- the things that we got burned on in the playoffs against good teams are all the things they told us were like, don't worry about that. We don't need to do that. That doesn't make sense. This is 2024, 19, not 1987 anymore. And I'm like, ah, well, we got killed. I linebacker, I agree with you. Running back, just to give you a little preview for the off. I don't think we should resign Pollard. I don't know where you stand. No, I don't. I'm... Yeah, no, he's okay. gone. Okay. In my opinion, yeah, he's gone. Okay. But well, I mean, I want to use, I would use a, a third round pick on one though. I no, third round, I mean? I'm completely fine with the third round, especially if he's going to be your starter, completely like, fine with the third round pick at running back. Like a Trey Benson from Florida state in the third round, you know, for four yeah. years. It works for me. Completely uh, good with that. The kid from the Blake Corum kid from Michigan. I know he's a if little you, smaller, you know, but still has, he has power. He has size. I'm yeah. fine with Blake Corum. Like the, these are names like third round pick. I'm, I just, Last year was the question of like Bijan in the first. That's where I'm out. Right. Yeah. And it's it's funny who's had more of an impact. Remember, they were like only Bijan should maybe go to the first round, and people didn't believe that. And then Gibbs went, and Gibbs had a bigger impact this year than than Robinson sure. did. And you can still see the talent in Bijan Robinson. He's just not being used the correct way in, in Atlanta. And if you're not going to use him in the right way, why even draft him in the first place? But different conversation, different fan base there. Um, but with that being said, there's just so much to really dive in for the Cowboys, right? Like one loss puts this whole fan base. This it's, I don't know. I, I, it's probably a bad analogy, but I use it often. It's almost like that stepbrother scene when they come in, we're in the tuxedos and then like, <laughs> they like, they like yeah. fart and he's like, wait, everything's kind of like messed up now. So all the things that we were really excited and proud of and, and happy about when it came to the Cowboys, one beat down by the Packers changes the taste in your mouth a little bit so now you're kind of looking at like where we go wrong did we have our blinders on like is this team really as good as we think they are did we just blow our best chance and now everyone's in a tailspin i completely agree with everything you said especially like i i even throughout this week i've been questioning like how good was this like was there a lot of validity to the they only beat up but i've been going back and forth on that all week i will say we haven't discussed this yet yeah. Do you think the Packers put up a real fight against the 49ers? Does that make you feel better about our loss? Not that not that lot you can you should be feeling good about our loss, but does it at least 
did at least prove like, okay, this Packers team, they can, they can play. Yeah. I think, I think it's probably an us thing more, right? I, I, I hate to think that the players would take a team lightly, but I know fans did. Right. So, yeah. and I think when you look at the Packers, a lot of people, myself included, say this is a really desirable matchup. You're going to play a seven seed. Seven seeds never beaten a two seed in this new playoff format. You feel really good about our offense. And we don't lose at home, et cetera, et cetera. And then you get smacked. And then they go and they play the 49ers tough. And you're like, okay, this is a young team who has the right makeup. They're going to be a problem moving forward. So, yeah, you, you don't say like, oh, I would have felt much, and I think you agree, and I think most people would agree. I'd feel much worse if they get their, you know, their butt kicked by the 49ers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, go out there and fight hard and, and find a way to be competitive, and that's what they did. So I think the Packers are going to be a thorn in the side for a while. So to answer your question short, yeah, I think it does make me feel a little better. Yeah, I, like, you can only feel so good about, I mean, we did get beat down. It was much different than the Pack. Yeah. Like, it's not, <laughs> if we had lost a close game and then the Packers went out and did that, I'd be like, okay, well, even the Niners almost lost a close game to them. But yeah, it was, they <laughs> yeah. get beat down. It's, it sucks. We're coping right now. It's a little I will bit of... <laughs> say, we are, we did help Jordan Love get a bag because what, what it's reported is that Jordan Love's about to get just this massive extension. So you're welcome, mm -hmm. Jordan Love. Yeah. At Cowboys, Cowboys everywhere. You are so welcome for the, the extra $10 million we just earned you. That's the second pack where we've done something like that. Christian Watson didn't do anything until he had three touchdowns on us. And now all of a sudden he was like, oh, he's the rookie. He's, he's arrived. Yeah, he's arrived because he played Deron Bland in his rookie year. So it's like, I don't know. It's, you know, we got a lot to talk about this offseason. We're going to be able to dissect, you know, we'll talk about some mock drafts. We'll talk about some prospects. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. So um, before we get out of here, is there anything we didn't touch on right now that you want to speak on? Um for full transparency, next week I'll probably have some stuff to talk about because I'm going to go to the East West Shrine game. I'll be at some of the practices. I'll be there. So um, probably have a little bit of at least a segment of draft talk next week before we get into other pertinent stuff. But anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, do we want to do predictions for the conference round? Because why not? Yeah, why not? We have yeah, nothing not? else to talk about. Go ahead. Who do you got? Let's go AFC first. Who do you got? Baltimore Ravens or the Kansas City Chiefs? Who represents the AFC in the play in the Super Bowl? Man, I. I hate, I don't want it to be, the, I think Chiefs pulled out again. Mm. And it's just so annoying. Is it because, I mean, I think we'd agree that Baltimore's obviously more talented, but it's just, yep. is it just the, is it it's the just, experience they're the, factor? They're the Patriots. Moms? Yeah. Like they're the new Patriots. It's like, I don't care how the good the team they're playing against is. Like we saw today, it's just the Chiefs win and that's what they do. And yeah. it's unfair and it's going to suck for like the next 10 years, but that's what they do. You know, what's funny is my wife is in an office pool at her job and everybody picks like in an Excel spreadsheet where it's like everyone, everybody picked the bills. But I told my wife to pick the Chiefs for the same reason you just pulled out. I'm like, I'm not going to be the one to pick against Pat Mahomes. So yeah. she was the only one that got it right. So, <laughs> but, but, but I'm with you. I think is, is destined as the Ravens feel. I'm not going to pick against Patrick Mahomes right now. I know they've had some issues and I know they've had some situations where they've had some drops, but I think they get it done. I think they end up in the Super Bowl and it's almost a given at this point. But it's, on the other side, you it's funny because I mean, you did Mitch, the Ravens have the better defense. They have the better offense and they have the better special teams. Yeah. And I'm going with the Chiefs. Yeah. They just don't have the better quarterback, which is, yeah. you know, and which is funny because Lamar's going to be MVP. You know what I mean? Exactly. So it's, <laughs> yep. but on the other side, Detroit feels like another team of destiny. Uh, the 49ers just seem inevitable, you know, at this point, uh, where are you lean in? I think 
I'll put it. I think the 49ers wall up the Lions. No, I love the Lions story, yeah. and I think they're a great team. But I think you're not going to be playing against your in your home, like against yeah. the home crowd. Bubble. Yeah, yeah. I think the allure of everything fades. They'll play hard, but then they're like second drive, first drive, they're get kicked in the teeth, and the Niners are just going to steamroll it. I wanna, I wanna be more interesting, but I agree 100 percent with you, man. Like, I, it's just they'll be tight. They're going to be tough. Dan Campbell have them ready to go. I think. There's just too many, too many factors with the 49ers. They they just they last year they got robbed when when Purdy got injured and it kind of ruined them. And they've been they fell short over the last couple of years. I think they get over the hump. And I think um, you know, a 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl, we've seen it before. I think we're gonna see it again. Yep. And I don't know. I'd I'd be it's a it's still an I'm interesting game. I I'd yeah. be down for yeah. Yeah, I think you know what? There's good enough teams here. I need any combination I'm in, right? I think it's going to be a good Super Bowl. It's I a agree. 1 seed versus a 3 seed on both sides. Interestingly enough, both 2 seeds didn't make it, the Cowboys and the Bills, and um but that's weird. And the Bills joined the Cowboys as the only other home team that's lost in the playoffs so far. Yeah. So, thank you Buffalo. Misery loves company there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, but with that, that is another episode of the First and 10 podcast brought to you by Blog and the Boys. Powered by SB Nation, as always, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis will catch you guys next week. We'll be dissecting some uh, conference championship action. Just heard our picks, and um, catch you guys next week. Peace.